You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. Hey, do you ever feel like you're starting to go under? Kids at home, job influx, health concerns, you're worried about the future of America, and you're coping with literally what it seems is a million different changes. So maybe you feel like you're drowning. And if you do feel that way, I want you to know that there is hope because God sees you in your distress. You're not alone. And as we continue our series, Who is God? I want you to be encouraged that through all of your turmoil and the things that are changing in your lives, and even a sense that you might be sinking, I want you to know that you can reach out and you can grab the ever-present and merciful hand of God. And we're going to begin to unpack that truth in a text that's found in Exodus 34, beginning in verse 6. So if you have a Bible, if you have a phone or tablet or something nearby, you can just follow right along. Exodus 34, beginning in verse 6. Here in this text, God reintroduced himself to Moses as the great leader gathered the Ten Commandments. And Moses is on a cliff, and God wouldn't show himself to Moses because it's too awesome to behold. But God did define his name. He did define his character. And we learn a lot about the mercy of God in this verse. So Exodus 34, 6 reads like this. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord is the Lord, a merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So again, the Lord is the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So God saved Israel from slavery in Egypt. He reached down and he plucked his people out of that 400 years of hard labor. He showed his mercy. And so Moses was aware of this. And I want you to know, too, that he's reaching down to save you with his incredible hand of mercy. And so we've been in this series, Who is God? And so far, we've discovered that God is unchangeable. He's faithful. God is wise and eternal and holy. He's everywhere. He's all-knowing. And last week, Pastor Kevin did a wonderful job of unpacking the sovereignty of God. And now we land on his incredible mercy because it's so needed now. And before we move any further, let's define it. Here's how we can define the mercy of God. God's goodness shown in times of difficulty and distress. And if this doesn't ever apply, it never will. God shows his mercy in times of difficulty and distress. And you may feel that you're in deep distress right now, and you're, you're dealing with so many different things that are coming at you, and you might be confused about the future and about 
the kids' schooling and, and, and your job and your financial situation. And many are worried about the direction of our country. But you see, you can rest in the midst of a storm because God's hand of mercy is reaching down for you and you can grab hold of it and it's a solid hand. And when you do that, hope can enter the picture. So the first point I want to make during our time together is this, that God's mercy is real and it's life-changing. We're not talking about a concept. We're not talking about an idea. God's mercy is real, it's present, and it can change your life. Now, Moses had been through a lot, and so he desired to experience God. He desired to see God's glory. And the Lord said this about that, as recorded in Exodus 33, 22, and 23. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. And God was good for his promise. Moses did see the backside of God. He, he's too awesome for human eyes to see. But even more important here in this text is that he gives Moses his name and his character. And so in Exodus 34, 6, we see these amazing truths about God. And many of these terms are nearly synonymous. The text tells us that he is merciful and gracious. He's steadfast and he's faithful. And the nature of his character extends, verse 7 tells us, to a thousand. And that probably refers to a thousand generations. So that's really amazing when you let that sink in. This is the vast mercy of God. And soon, Moses would be using this very experience, this, what he's learned about God, to plead for his own people in the book of Numbers. But down the road in Exodus 34, 9, here's what the text tells us. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. So what is Moses doing? He's appealing to the mercy of God. He's aware of it. He understands it. God has informed him about it. And so he's pleading now with God to extend that forward. And in the same way, God has his hand stretched out to you. And I know times are hard. I know that this is a really frustrating moment in history. But God's mercy is something that we can depend on and is always going to be there. It is life-changing. We see here that Moses was empowered by it, that Israel was forgiven because of the mercy of God. And then for you, when you reach out your hand and when you take God's gift of mercy, you enter into a new place of hope. You enter into a place of peace and calm, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of racial unrest. And so this is something that we can really take joy in together. 
And so the second thing I want to talk about regarding God's mercy is this, that God's mercy will keep you from drowning. And because of these characteristics, these, these characteristics of God, they're, they're mentioned together, and it may seem difficult to differentiate them, but as you unpack them, you can see that they are a literal lifeline. And so here in 34.6, God's grace refers to God's goodness to those who deserve nothing but punishment. God's patience, that wording, slow to anger, steadfast love, and faithfulness, that refers to God's willingness to withhold punishment from those who deserve punishment, for those who continue to sin. And then regarding mercy, the Lord God is merciful. And and I'm using the drowning metaphor because God's attribute of mercy has to do with reaching down to those that are in distress. And so in my mind's eye, I see a person that's grasping for a life preserver, that's holding a hand out saying, I need rescuing. I'm in distress. And this is where God's mercy comes into play. And this is all through the Bible. David says, for example, in 2 Samuel 24, 14, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for His mercy is great. In Matthew 9, 27, two blind men who asked Jesus to see their plight and heal them cry, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when the Apostle Paul reminds us that God comforts us in affliction, he calls God the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 1, 3. So you can see that God's mercy will keep you from drowning. It is a real sense of rescue with this terminology. And it is his mercy that allows him to reach down and grab a hold of you, even if you feel like you're sliding into a pit, even in the middle of a pandemic, even though it seems like the world is totally coming off the rails. God's mercy is there. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we lost a giant in the world of Christian theology. G.I. Packer the author of one of the most important books ever called Knowing God, passed away at the age of 93. And Dr. Packer is known as one of the greatest theologians of our time. Packer most recently served on the faculty of a school called Regent University in the Vancouver area. And and you may know that Wendy and I came here from Vancouver four years ago where we were pastoring a church. And I had an opportunity to chat with J.R. Packer's pastor and become friends with him. And we were talking one time about what it was like to preach with J.I. Packer sitting in the front row of your church. And he said it was incredibly intimidating. And, And to make matters worse, Packer would sit there Sunday after Sunday, motionless in the front row. And he would close his eyes because his eyesight was failing. And so my friend just assumed that he was asleep during his sermons. And then he noticed that when he made a point that 
registered with Dr. Packer, his finger would twitch like this. And so he started picking up on this pattern, and he finally had the courage to go to this giant man and say, hey, are you sleeping? Am I boring you? And he found out that, no, it was just the opposite, that he really enjoyed his preaching, and they had a good laugh about that. And this is the kind of man that J.I. Packer was. And he was so influential because he was connected to God's mercy and his grace. And he wrote about God's ability to reach down and rescue you. And here's one of my favorite J.I. Packer quotes. Your faith will not fail while God sustains it. You are not strong enough to fall away while God is resolved to hold you. So what, what he's saying here is true, that when God is, is holding you and has the resolve to keep you, you cannot fall away from him. That's how powerful the mercy of God is. And so it's so wonderful to think that this idea of reaching out and grasping the, the merciful hand of God isn't about your power. It's about God's power, and he can work through any trouble that you might be facing. So, God's mercy means that you won't go under if you just trust. And it means that it's real and life-changing, and it applies to the world we're living in right now. It's not some concept that disappeared 4,000 years ago. It applies right now. And when you're in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then you cannot be destroyed by what's going on around you. And that's a great thing to put your hope in. And the continued presence of God's mercy in the life of a believer also means this. It means that it should be imitated by his children. So if you want to look at it this way, God's mercy is not for, for you and for me to hold on to. It, it's for us to extend to a, a world around us that is feeling hopeless. This is what we are as believers. And Jesus said during the famous Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And I fear as I read through social media that sometimes believers can be the least merciful of all. But because God has extended mercy, then we can extend mercy to others. Because this world is quite literally dying under the weight of judgment and the weight of sin. And those who you interact with don't normally see mercy. They're judged on what they can deliver. They, they judge on what they can bring to the party. But like God, who has reached down and shown mercy to you, you can extend that mercy to others because they desperately need mercy. Many, they feel like they're drowning in bad relationships. They're drowning in heartache. They're drowning in grief. How many stories have you seen where people are just grieving the loss of loved ones that they can't even go see in the hospital? People are, people are struggling with substance abuse and hatred and health fears and frustration, financial worries and loneliness. And here you are, placed there by God in that sphere of influence in order to be a reflection of Christ and to extend 
the mercy of God. And you have that opportunity to reach down just like God offered mercy to you and pull someone up and rescue them and be pure and to show the gospel to them. Moses experienced God's hand of mercy in regards to Israel. God had introduced to him and he, he was a God that M- Moses meant that is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And now as you encounter those around you in our time, the church age, the age after the cross, now it's our opportunity to reflect that kind of mercy. Because the Father has shown mercy to us, the Bible says, by sending his only son into the world. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's mercy. The Father took note of our plight. The Father saw that we were drowning in in sin, and he offered an opportunity to repent of sin and trust Jesus Christ for our salvation. And so that mercy then turns into eternal life. And we can take that amazing gift and we can extend it to others. But I must stop too and and ask you, have you ever grabbed hold of God's hand of mercy yourself? Maybe you've been going to church a long time and you consider yourself to be a God-fearing, conservative Christian. But that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, have you ever reached out and said, I desperately need you in my weakness. And, and God, I, I know that I can't do anything on my own. Have you ever given him everything? Have you ever just handed your life to him? Because that's when reconciliation happens. That's when you're reconciled to God, and that's when you're saved from drowning. And so, Others need to hear this message, but you need it too. And and Ridgewood Church, here's what I want to say to you, that, that Ridgewood Church can be the epicenter of God's mercy, if you want to call it that. When we all work together to make Jesus known, our community can begin to experience this wonderful gift of God's mercy through Christ. And look what we have going for us right now. We've got a renewed and refreshed facility. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday and in future Sundays because this is an amazing gift and it's taking shape. The furniture's here. It's amazing. We've got a dedicated group of believers. We have a commitment to the gospel, a commitment to the word of God. We treasure this. We teach this. We believe in this. And... God has given us financial resources to be able to move the kingdom forward. So he's given us this unique opportunity to show our neighbors something that they rarely see at all, and that is the mercy of God. And so we need to show that to them. Their life doesn't have any mercy attached to it. For most of them, they're just going along. And here's the danger of the Western Metro. People can hide here. They've learned to hide. They've learned to hide their pain and their fear and their loneliness behind shiny toys and important jobs and busyness and sports. 
and yet they're so distant from God. And they're so lonely. And many times they're crying out for help. And so it's up to us because God has given us these resources to be that kingdom extension into their lives. And that's exactly what Ridgewood Church can be. It can be a human extension of God into our city. Because his, city, his children should imitate His mercy. Because we have been given so much. And mercy is desperately needed to keep your neighbors from drowning and to keep you from drowning. And it will change your life if you just grab a hold of that mercy. Moses discovered that God had saved Israel from slavery, and he's leading them out, and he meets them. He meets God on this cleft of a rock, and, he, and God kind of does a flyby and, and just tells him, I'm, I'm a God that is faithful and steadfast. I'm a God that is merciful. And now it's our turn because this is the only hope the world has. This is the only hope that you have. And I hope that you'll remember, no matter hard, how hard it gets, no matter how difficult this pandemic is, no matter what direction the world takes, that you can always just reach out and grab the ever-present, merciful hand of God. I would like to spend just a moment praying for you. Lord God, I, I just am so thankful for this kind of truth that we can discover together in your word. We can experience you in, in new ways, and we can understand you at a deeper level. And as we, as we just explore your mercy in these few minutes we have together, it's clear to see that we need your mercy. Now, we are sinking. We are drowning without it. And it is your mercy that allowed salvation to happen through a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And so, I just pray that if there is someone right now that has not grabbed hold of your hand, that has not reached out for help, that you would prompt their heart to do so, that you would prompt them to say, I need you, I'm sorry for my sin, I'm drowning, will you save me, God? And for, and for those of us that have walked for, with you for a long time, I pray that we would never feel so self-assured that we don't need your hand of blessing and your touch of mercy in our lives. Because truth be told, without you, there is no hope for anyone. So thank you that you are persistent and redemptive and that we can trust you always. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.